Well, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Did you know that? I did. And you took it over. Oh. I did. Mm-hmm. Well, some of it. Well, in honor of you, I brought a light bulb. In honor of me, because that was my intro. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't finished looking. <laughs> done, done, done. You gonna just keep sharing? Speaking of sharing, uh, earlier today, you should know that Dr. Peje Monet came up to me and said, could I have a little more time to speak tonight? You know what? <laughs> sure, <laughs> take as much as you want. Earlier today, mm -hmm. I took everything I wanted. <laughs> you said everything you wanted to? I did. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, actually, uh, I've been continuing my research lately on whether or not we have people here from other planets, or yeah. solar systems, or galaxies. Far, far away. There's a clue. <laughs> There's a clue. And a very brilliant scientist invented this little gizmo, which is an a a foreign alien interstellar visitor detector. <laughs> and the way this works is you put this on your hand like this, mm -hmm. on your hand like that, and if it boils, you're not from here. No. Yeah. Obviously, I'm from here. Let's see how you do. <laughs> that hesitation tells us everything, doesn't it? Okay, so if you could just... Are you nervous? We just want to know. It's just science, okay? Because if, oh no, come on, let's take a oh, look I at it. We want to see like what this? you're doing. Yeah, like that. Look, I, I don't am... see any boiling. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So that confirms the fact that we do not, that we do not have an alien here. <laughs> or do we? You know what? Uh, this is not very nice. <laughs> There's definitely something going up there. I'm trying to withhold a lot of things. Are you right withholding now? a lot yes. of things right now? It's not really. It is boiling. Wow. Can I try that again? We're good. <laughs> you want to do it again? How come it doesn't do it when you hold it? I want to. I want to try it on me again. It's a dream. Look. Put that in your lab books <laughs> as additional data. No, don't you want, don't you do. want to know about I really, the light? I, feel really I, badly I, said I think that. it's neat that you were a good attitude person. Oh, I was. <laughs> yeah, you were. So this is one of our Celis lights, and it's uh, the kind that has a magnet in it, so it hangs. Remember that? Uh -huh. we, we showed people this before. Well, today we have something very special happening. We have guests here. We do. Yeah, and, and you can tell we don't have our background. Nope. It's back gone. It's back gone. <laughs> it's back gone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because we are in the new William P. Lear Lecture Hall over at the new IST building on the new IST campus, yeah. which is across the road from where we normally have been broadcasting for the last five years. And today we're celebrating a wonderful Acellus conference seminar with amazing educators from all over the United States, and we're very glad to have you, some from Abu Dhabi, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but this, this is an opportunity for us to get to know a lot of the wonderful administrators and teachers that are using Acellus. And I thought it would be appropriate if we had a special event to present this like a prize to one of the educators that was here. Um, in this new facility, and let's just see, I wonder if there's any way we can kind of get one of the cameras to sweep across the room and just kind of show what it's like. This, this is very different than where we normally have been. In the first place, it's a lot bigger. Yeah, and see that big screen up there? Yeah, look at that. Look at those good-looking people. Some of those are IST students. Some are educators. Keep sweeping. Olivia, you are doing amazing. And there, there I am, right next to the box. <laughs> okay, good. So um, do you think that Tobias has a way that he could play a video if we sent it to him? Oh, I know he does. I believe in him. Tobias? <laughs> Earth to Tobias. If, if I text you a video, can you play it? If I text it to Christina, I can. Huh? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Okay, so I could share this. Isn't it amazing that you can just do this on your phone and then you can just share it with somebody? So I'm going to share it with... Do you know, do you know put Christine in there? Did you send it? Did you? Okay, so before I came over here today, I, uh, I went to the window of the Billings Tower, which is where we've been doing the trainings, uh, and we can seat 48 people, and that counts us, so 46. <laughs> and it's a five-story building, and so I went to the window, and I took a picture of this building, because I thought some of you would like to see what it looks like. And if we can get Tina to receive this message that I sent to her, well, then uh, it'll be something kind of interesting. But I, I want to make sure everybody understands exactly how I'm doing this. So you see, on this little cell phone, I have a lens. And the lens is grabbing light and focusing it down on a sensor. And the sensor has a lot of little sensors, millions of them, in fact. And when the light hits them, it encapsulates that into a digital stream, which is then stored in memory, which is now being sent one bit at a time. And we just did it over Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And if she got it, then you'll be able to see the building that we're in huh? from across the road of the Billings Tower. Shall we see if you can see it? Like and look how nice that camera's being held. <laughs> okay, over to the left, can you see the, the student dorms over there? Oops, they're just now going away, right? And look at the pond. We have fish in that pond, and yes, we do fish. And there is a building. So we're in the bottom floor of this two-story building, which is enormous, 269,000 square feet, and that is our new, our new campus. Now, did you know that we have a cafeteria? I'm going to try something really great. <laughs> Have, has everyone met Matthew Serden? I'm not sure that everyone Matthew, has. Matthew, you come up here. Yeah. <laughs> I think they want to. Oh, there he is. 
Come on up here, Matthew. This science uh, live. <laughs> talk right into your microphone. Um, well, okay. Just, just pretend you have. Pretend one. I have a Okay, that's good. Okay. He said, "Pretend he has a microphone." Okay. <laughs> what I'd like you to do is this. This is my camera, and it's on video. I'm going to send you on a mission. Oh, I can do that. Okay. I'm going to have you take my phone. We're going to turn it this way, though. Okay. Take it into the cafeteria. And take a picture of the IST cafeteria, and then bring it back. Okay. Right. <laughs> time, time's marching. Okay. Good. So, just think about it. Not only can we take a picture, but it's a movie picture. Not only is it a movie, it's amazing. Yeah. But we can send it over Wi-Fi. Not only that, we can send Matthew to get That's one. That's the basic. <laughs> now, chances are. He will not get a video of the cafeteria. Chances are he'll probably find one of the restrooms or something. <laughs> but whatever it is, we will text it to Christina, uh -huh. and then we'll show people. That's right. Yeah. The cafeteria uh, has a name, And that's how it? science works. What? Doesn't the cafeteria have a name? Yeah, does the cafeteria have a name? It's the Peugeot <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> not that name. Not exactly? <laughs> what, do, what do you think it is? I think it's called the Catalyst. Did you name it that? I did. <laughs> okay, so we oh, have. Wow, look at there. <laughs> I'm not sure how long the video. That's a pretty and good video. Oh. The, the, the only question we want to know is did you get the men's or the ladies' restroom? <laughs> no, we. we it's amazing. Okay, so we'll go ahead and text that to. Hope you had it turned right. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to send that. I want you to see the cafeteria here. This is an amazing facility. And you need to know about this because a lot of you are going to come to school here when you graduate. So it's just important to know. If you're inventioners. And if you're not, you should be. Should you? Okay, let's see what we got. Tina, let's take your time. We're doing those One little second. seconds. Yeah. If we were peasily. Here we go. Here we go, let's take a look at it. This is the new IST cafeteria. As you can see, there's a lot of students there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because they're all in here. Isn't that nice? Just imagine yourself there enjoying a very healthy meal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? It is. So this is IST, and it's great to have all of you educators here to help it break Help us break it in. This room has never been used before yesterday. In mm -hmm. fact, it would be fun to show the picture of one week ago. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that would, would you like to find that for me? And we'll send that to Christina. One week ago. Now, I have to tell you about this room. It seats 200 people, and the teachers are sitting here at these long counters that are curved, and they're not formica, they're not plastic, they're actually rock. This is quartz crystal that has been cut. And um, what was it, Jared, about three, four months ago, we said, you know, we need this, let's go find some furniture to put in here, and we started talking to people, and uh, the only way we get furniture was to build it offshore, load it on airplanes, fly it over here, it was gonna cost <laughs> half million dollars, and it wasn't the best, and so. 
I'm really enjoying all these pictures. And so now, <laughs> here this all is. So this is homemade furniture. Did you know that? The oak wood upon which this furniture sits was grown in Missouri by Missouri trees, oak trees, yeah. And then it was dried in a kiln, and then it was sawed into these solid pieces. This is not veneer. This is the real stuff. And then the crystal put on top. And when we were getting close, the people that cut the crystal, and by the way, they cut it by shooting water at it under high pressure. And in the water, they have little granules of sand. And the sand cuts it like a sandblaster. They couldn't get it done in time. So our amazing team, I think in this case, Doc, uh, John Thomas, went to their competitor and says, can you cut half of these? <laughs> so we took some of the rock over there and they cut it. And we got it done. So I want to show you what this room looked like a week ago. And sure I'm sitting here. You're not sure you got the right one? <laughs> the wrong Christina? What? I got the right Christina. What, what did you send? <laughs> nope, that's not it. Okay, okay. So we're going to we're going to reverse back a little bit here. Uh, you have to look at the chat. That's the best you could find. I'll go look again. John, where are you? You have it. Will you please send it to Tina? Bell her out. Bell her out. But you know, it's really exciting because it turned out amazingly nice. And um, and with time to spare, what was it, 15 minutes? <laughs> I think that's that. really close. One of our wonderful directors came in today uh, for the session we had this afternoon, and he said, I'm being very careful not to brush up against the wall. I said, why? And he said, I assume it's still wet. <laughs> and, and it could be. That was Fred, by the way. Yes, it Okay, did you find it, John? Okay, now I want them to see what this looked like a week ago. Because it's, it's pretty interesting. And you notice I'm doing all this without any rehearsal. I didn't tell John that she was going to drop the ball. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's all going just natural. Okay, there it is. That's what I'm looking for. Would you like to see it a week ago? Mm -hmm. Yep, there it is. So anyone that doesn't believe in miracles, look around. Look around. I want to go back to the video that I took that we sent Christina first. I want to show you that again while I tell you something. When we moved here about... Um, Oh, six years ago, when we acquired this property at the Kansas City Airport. Maybe we could do it over the, the whole screen. Wouldn't that be great? Mm -hmm. There it is. Okay. So coming back up to the beginning, and here we go. We're going to go back over to the building. When I came here and I saw that building, I thought it was a most beautiful building. Can you freeze it there for a minute? Oh, oh look at that freeze. Watch remote control. Back up. Back up, zoom in. Can you zoom in on that? This is like a Broadway director. I'm inspired <laughs> by our student. I am too. So what if, what if there was a way to zoom in that? Can you see how beautiful that building is? That's called zoom out. <laughs> okay. 
This building was actually built by Citibank as their Kansas City center, and uh, it's just beautiful. And I looked at that, and I said, that's my favorite building in all of Kansas City. Someday, we should make that be the Institute of Science and Technology campus. And um, took five years, and then one day, they said, hmm. And I'm so grateful that we have it. IST is currently undergoing a very important step. We have applied for accreditation. And uh, when a university gets to the point that they can achieve accreditation in sciences, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And um, we, we don't talk too much about the details of that because the accreditation isn't approved yet. Uh, but it's, it's kind of exciting. The idea of a university that teaches inventioneering is really exciting to me. Um, science is, um, is a fun subject, and there's all these branches, chemistry, physics, and biology. But the idea of an inventioneering is, is kind of a, a, a different concept. It's where you look at the, the breakthroughs in mankind's understanding, the knowledge of science, and identify opportunities to put that technology to work. That's what an inventioner does, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of thrilled. I hope that this will create an opportunity for us to have a lot more students. Uh, we do have a problem right now in that we have more students than we have the facility to handle. And I think this will change that really quick. And of course, as we start building up the program, we want to make sure that we have a program that is covering all of the requirements to be able to have a diploma for our graduates that people recognize. And IST uh, goes all the way from a freshman which is the beginning of college, all the way up through a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree and a doctorate degree. So it's a full breadth thing. And when you, um, when you finish a, a doctorate degree, it, it says something. It tells people that you have achieved a certain level of educational training. And that's why we have the accreditation process, is to make sure that the school that is giving you the degree, the degree is giving you the, rigorous, the rigor and the training that you need to achieve that level. Uh, as we've gone through accreditation, it's been a massive effort, just a tremendous amount of work. Uh, I think the stack of paper is about that tall now that have been generated to do this. And an interesting thing that accreditation or applying for accreditation has done for our school is it's made our school better. As we've gone through all these different pieces and made sure that we had everything up to the level that it should be, it's, it's really been fun. It's a neat school, and I'm pretty excited about it. But we didn't come talk about it. I just wanted to know why there's no background. <laughs> okay, and um, as excited as I am about this place coming together, and, and I want to thank Albert and his lovely wife. Thank you. You guys have made such a difference. Uh, Albert built this oak forest, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Now, in this building, 
the whole floor of the building uh, has what we call a false floor. It has concrete blocks that go on the grid work, so there's a space of about 18 inches under the floor where you can run fiber and wires and things like that. Mm -hmm. Did you know? Mm -hmm. And so these posts, when, when you go to sit at a, a table or a desk and, and you put your knees there, you run into a, a table leg. And that makes it so you can only have half as many people because the table legs are always in the wrong place. So I said, couldn't you make a table with just a leg on one side? <laughs> kind of tip over, right? And so what happens is these legs go down through the floor into the bottom floor and they're bolted down there in the concrete underneath. So we just have legs on one side and it's still stable. And that's kind of neat. Uh, do we have a picture showing the... Oh, I just love this <laughs> from now on. And I'd like a couple shots from the space shuttle yeah. <laughs> while you're at it. Yeah, John Thomas good. has it all. But, uh, so we call that a data center floor because mm -hmm. in a data center, quite often they'll bring the cool air into the rack of servers mm -hmm. and they bring the wires, they bring the power, they bring the fiber, etc. This whole building is like that. And to a, a researcher, to a scientist, that's really exciting because we can set experiments anywhere and run the tubes and the hydrogen lines and whatever we need. Are we going to make a hydrogen lab here? Now I'd like to turn a few minutes over to Dr. <laughs> Monet. Are we? Yes, we are. We are. Yeah. The chairman has spoken. Mm -hmm. Did you know that she's fabulous. now the chairman of the International Academy of Science? The board elected her just a couple weeks ago. And that makes her my boss. <laughs> so she says, are we going to have a hydrogen lab here? All I can say. <laughs> Good. We need one. Spectacular. So far, I'm dealing with it. <laughs> but it is pretty exciting. So did we, did we find a, a hole in the floor to look in? We'd go take one, huh? What? Kind of. We'll take kind of. Kind of is pretty good. Yeah, and it's all these wires. Oh, yeah, I have one, and you're just standing what, in I'm it. Just, I'm standing in a picture. Yeah, I just realized I have that on my phone. Want to well, go get it? Do you have your phone? Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I'd like to say a few things while you're gone. <laughs> Let's hear it for Dr. Peche Monet. Okay, good. While she's gone, I just wanted to say we are going to get to some science here in a minute, so don't, don't become impatient. Could we follow her with the camera? Look, she's going <laughs> clear back in the back. Come on, Titus, swing it around. Make us dizzy. Make us dizzy. Okay, she went clear back to the control. Oh, clear back to the control room back there. And can you can you see it, Titus? Uh, we have we got the camera going back there yet on Titus? Hello, hello. Oh, we can see. It. There she is. Yep, she's got it. All right, bring back. I'd like to show you this photograph now of the, the oak forest. And can you see how one of the panels is missing? Mm -hmm. And in that panel is a little hole. And down under there is where the posts go. Mm -hmm. And uh, good Mr. Albert, uh, we had to bring in a civil engineer to be able to make holes in all the concrete <laughs> so we could get all the posts and then bolt them down. And thank you. It's... It's thrilling to me that instead of being compromised because you can't buy things. Normally we'd be able to get them fine, but the supply chain's all messed up. You can't order stuff like that. 
But even though we couldn't get it because of the times, I mean, things are disrupted because of the pandemic we've been through as a planet. Mm -hmm. And yet, because of that, it was a lot harder. But what we ended up with is better than we ever would have had if we could have. Okay? I want to show you this picture. This is looking right down in one of the holes. Can you see that? So there's those long bolts that hold up the top floor. And uh, those top panels are made out of concrete. And then you have the bottom concrete floor down below. That's how data centers are built. So if you're building a data center in your bedroom or something, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how you want to do it. OK, now I'm trying to remember what uh, Dr. Monet was going to get. What were you going to get? Something that I deleted when I realized I shouldn't have had it. <laughs> <laughs> So we're not showing this anymore? OK, well, that's good. Here's one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, should we show you what IST students can do when they put their minds to it? The interesting thing about IST is that we're versatile. So, um, Dr. Maria? Oh, no. <laughs> Could you please come up the microphone? <laughs> I don't know how many of you have had the wonderful opportunity of meeting Dr. Maria Sanchez. Just stand right up there at the microphone. Here she comes. Let's hear it for her, OK? OK, now you remember that thing I told you about? Oh, we didn't talk, did we? <laughs> okay. Well, I want to tell you about Dr. Maria. Can we get a nice shot right on her? Yeah, that's good. That's good. She's not nervous at all. Dr. Maria Sanchez has been the pres president of the International Academy of Science for uh, over a decade, and we're very proud of her. But interestingly, she was one of the first two students to come to school here at the very foundation of IST. And uh, Dr. Sanchez graduated from the University of Missouri with a degree in chemical engineering. Now, when I was at the university, I wanted to build hydrogen cars. So I majored in physics, chemistry, electrical, mechanical, and chemical engineering. I have five majors. And that's a, a good sampling of what they teach at a university in science. By far, the hardest of all those majors for me was chemical engineering. And chemical engineering is a, a fascinating field. In chemistry, they taught thermodynamics. Thermodynamics is the heat balances and so forth of reactions. So how much heat do they take, do they absorb? Are they exothermic or endothermic? Do they give off heat? But in chemistry, we quite often learned about these reactions after they'd come to equilibrium. You let the reaction complete, all of the atoms would react. In chemical engineering, they didn't understand about equilibrium. <laughs> all they studied was, in, in the real world, it does, never quite get through, so you got to study a dynamic reaction. And that took a beautiful little reaction that was, or a formula that was about this long, and made about this long. And so I really thought chemical engineering was challenging. Well, Dr. Maria graduated first in her class 
at the University of Missouri Columbia, the big campus, and I'm thinking of those poor guys that were in her class that were trying to compete with her. <laughs> but then she decided that to do her doctorate, she wanted to come here. And so she came to this school. And uh, one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And not very long into when she was working on her. Do you mind if I tell a story about you? No. OK, good. <laughs> We've reached an agreement on being able to proceed with this, but not very long into her program, we were doing a project where we were inventing a new networking technology. We, we knew we were going to call it wideband, and it was going to be a hundred times faster than other networks operated at. And to do that, we had to invent our own circuit boards, everything, our own software, everything. So we came up with this idea of how to do it, and we were building the circuit board, but the signal was at such a high frequency that when it went across the little metal traces on the circuit board, it would go off into space like radio microwaves. It wouldn't follow the copper, it would go off into space. And so it was, there was a project stopper was going to kill it. We're never going to be able to make this work because we can't get the signal to go across the little trace on the circuit board. And so I said, Dr. Sanchez, could you please design these circuit boards? And I remember so well. She's famous for it now. She said, I am a chemical engineer, not an electrical engineer. <laughs> and I said, it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But she went on to design this board. And the way she kept the signals from going off into space is she ran two traces parallel, the same length, remember all this, with controlled impedance so that the signals would stay on the board. And she became one of the most knowledgeable circuit board designers in the world. But she still denies that she's an electrical engineer. <laughs> yeah. So, my point is that uh, we take on missions. We take projects like a mission. Getting this room ready for these wonderful educators to come in. You know, when we started out, we had a nice room, had 48 seats, and uh, Marty and her team told people we're going to have a training. And she came in and she says, we already have 79 people coming, and a lot more want to come. Uh, uh, we were going to build this room sometime next year. Uh, just, but they really are excited. I don't know which ones to tell them they can't come. So thank you, John and Albert and everybody who worked so hard. It's a lot of people worked on it. But I want to show you how we actually got the building finished on time. Would you like to see that? Okay, Tina, show them. And there it is. And it comes with music. <laughs> so these are IST students studying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we do. Okay. Well, that's probably enough of that. They, they did not know they were going to be on Science Live. Yeah. No. But uh, that is how you succeed in life with projects, is you decide what the goal is. And most people, 
break down right there. They try to go forward without having a clear goal. And clear goals have deadline, objectives, and so forth. And then they figure out what in the world do we have to do to achieve it. And I am grateful to all the students and everybody that worked so hard. A lot of people made a mammoth, mammoth effort. Okay, that said, I think we need to get into the science now. Okay? Oh, we're out of time. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. I have one of these, and I, I don't know how well you can see that. Can you see if I move it over there? What if I move it over? <laughs> you hold it. No. This is one of these, and this little piece of metal is shaped in a very strange shape. It's kind of rounded on this end. If you look at it, it's kind of bent a little bit, and it's flat on this side. And it has a very, very, very fascinating property. It's, it's off balance. It's, it doesn't, look, I did it. Wow. It doesn't balance very well because <laughs> of the shape. So if I spin this thing, it does something really interesting. Now, do we have a, a way to see this on here? Let's see if anybody can see it. Oh, that looks pretty good. I didn't tell him I was going to make him use that camera, but I see it up there. <laughs> maybe, maybe it isn't hooked up yet. It's working. Is it working? Can you see it? Oh, they can't see it. Look at that. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and spin this, and what I want you to do is just watch how nicely it spins. Mm. Pretty neat, huh? Mm -hmm. So there's nothing very spectacular about that, but I am spinning it counterclockwise. It wouldn't make any difference if I spun it the other way, would it? Except for this strange shape. If I spin it clockwise, it's going to create a wobble. And the wobble is going to absorb the energy of the spin and put it in a wobble motion and stop the spinning. And then if this works the way it better, I order you. <laughs> then it's going to start spinning back in counterclockwise. Now that would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. I think it would be, so let's try it. So I'm going to spin it, first of all, counterclockwise. A tiny spin, it just spins as happy as it can be. But when I switch it around and do it clockwise, well, it doesn't help if I hit my mat here. There we go. It really doesn't want to go that way, does Isn't it? Isn't that interesting? So, this is like working with some people That's I know. That's what I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. Like, to say be that? unnamed. Are you referring to me? <laughs> you were. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay? Some very brainy person has worked very hard to perfect that shape so this would work so well like it does. But it does show a very interesting concept. And could you tell that as it's stopping, you see the energy transformed into a wobble back and forth, and then because of the shape, that wobble starts to turn it counterclockwise. And I love this little device because it communicates a concept that I think Inventioneers need to understand, and that is because of science, because of nature, because of how things are, some things 
will work one way better than another way. And very often, success in developing a technology in bringing it to market and changing the world depends on whether or not you're paying attention to spending it in the right direction. And I have found that to be the case many times. Now, when I decided that I wanted to build a computer that would be a user computer, it was 1976. I don't think you were around much then. I don't remember you back then. <laughs> but the, the idea of building a little computer, I mean, now we have little phones that are so powerful, but in 1976, computers were mainframes that filled a whole building. And we had some mini computers that were like little mainframes. And that's what we had. And I, I got this idea that if you had these little computers that used microprocessors. And the thing that started me off was I read about how Intel had made a microprocessor. They'd taken the whole big CPU of a mainframe computer and put it into one chip. And I thought, that is going to change the world. How can I position myself to take <laughs> advantage of that? That's how I started. And that's what inventioners very often do. We notice something unique and different, maybe even something that doesn't make sense at first. And then we go to work to figure out, so what can I do with that? And in my case, I got this idea, everybody's going to have a computer. I can see that, because there's just going to be these little things. Why wouldn't you have a computer if you could afford one? And then I thought, and they're all going to want to share information. Did you know in 1977, when the Billings computer came out, and by the way, this is five years before the IBM PC. This when Apple was still a little video game you hooked up to your TV. This is way, 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 way back there. I realized that people are going to want to be able to send messages. So we came out with the Billings email. And you say, wow, everybody has email. Well, not so many had it back then. <laughs> And we had the Billings Word Processor, and we had the Billings Operating System, we had all these things. Well, we built this computer, and people were excited that we could put everything in there. It was, it was the first computer I know of that actually had a monitor, had disk drives, had a keyboard, all in one little box. And when we announced it, I thought, wow, this is going to make me rich, because we can build 12 of these a week. And one ad in one magazine, Datamation, and we got checks in the mail for 900 computers, <laughs> which would be a 90-week backlog. And boy, was I in for a surprise. And that's when I realized, at that point, we didn't have hardly any software at all. We've got to get some software. We've got to get it fast. So we got a software team and thought, we've got to ship these. But when they get them, they're going to say, where's the programs? <laughs> and so I got on an airplane, and I flew down to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you say, Albuquerque? Yeah. I went to a company there. And I went in the company. I went in, and I sat down on the bed. <laughs> because in that company, there was only one chair. What kind of company only has one chair? And has a bed, right? Right? But I heard that they had a program called eBasic, and I wanted to get it. And the company was called Microsoft. 
And the guy that was in the only chair was little Bill Gates. <laughs> and I says, I have this all in one computer. He had never heard of anything like that. He had never seen anything like that. He had seen the, the Altair, and uh, he had developed a basic run. Altair was a big box with switches, and you program it by flipping the switches. And I had this keyboard like a mainframe. And he was, he was very impressed. So I signed a contract, and that was the first funding for Microsoft. And they agreed to write Fortran, COBOL, Macro Assembly. I contracted with them to write all of these compilers for my, my little Billings computer. Well, when you decide that you've got an opportunity because you can see this technology, and you just stop and ask yourself, what is this going to mean? Where's it going to go? I think the most significant uh, early invention of my life was the idea that everybody's going to have their own computer and they're all going to want to communicate. And communication between computers was already taking place. They had the DARPA network then. There was a military network, and, and they would send data from one computer to another over fiber and over other connections, usually over the telephone. You'd, Take the hand. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay, and you stick the handset in a holder, and it would go <laughs> with noises and send data very slowly. Well, the problem was if you want to send a file and if you want to receive it, on the receiving side, you had to start a program. Okay, I'm starting the receive program. Start, receive. Okay, you send now. Okay, I'm sending. And you put the phone in, and it would send. And I didn't think that was very graceful, especially not <laughs> if everybody was trying to do it at once. And so I realized what we need is something in the middle that is always receiving. And so if you want to get something from it, you go ask for it. If you want to send something to it, you send it to it because it's always just waiting for you to talk to it. And I called it a data center. Today we call them servers. And that little computer which ended up providing really the first source of funding that made things like Acellus possible uh, was all because I could see, wow, this is a breakthrough technology. This is going to change the world. That's what inventioners do. We look for strange things. Why will this thing not turn clockwise? And whatever it is, there's something going on. Now, in this case, someone went to a lot of effort to get that wobble shape, but someone could probably figure out how to turn that into a product, a technology that would really benefit a lot of people. That's what inventioners do. They also become chairmen of academies of science. <laughs> Some of uh, the educators were here today, and I hear that Dr. Monet was a speaker. How did she do? Whoa. I got to hear just the very, very end. It sounded pretty good. That was good. <laughs> well, it's fascinating. She won't necessarily be real pleased with me telling this, but when I met her, she would have never gotten in front of a crowd. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. Not me. Mm -mm. Yeah. And now she's become one of the great motivators. And uh, it's just really exciting to, uh, to see what we can do if we'll get ourselves focused on a goal and pay the price to achieve it. So study hard. And you educators uh, have a wonderful year. It's going to be a good one for education, I think.
Thank you.